Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to A View from the Bullens in partnership with the Fitzrovia Bell London, our official away day pub for all Evertonians and fanscapes.co.uk, made by fans for fans. Hello and welcome back to A View from the Bullins with me, Mick Kemp, Lee McLean, Jack Kemp and Ben Stanley. Jack, Everton face a difficult trip to Manchester United on Saturday, a 12.30 kickoff. Due to the win against Norwich the previous week, is this a bit of a free hit for Everton at Old Trafford on Saturday? Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's a free hit because I don't think Man United are, are what what they were. Um, I think if this was away at Chelsea or Man City, I might have said, you know, free hit potentially, but. You know, look at Man United's last few results. West Ham have gone there and beat them in the cup. Yes, it was a, a slightly weakened side. Um, Aston Villa have gone there and won one nil. You know, we were we watched Aston Villa uh, just over what ten days or so ago, and we weren't overly impressed with Villa. They, they looked relatively solid. Nothing to shout home about. Um, I don't. I think. I think United are a team of individuals at the minute. They're not a team. They've obviously got world class talent. You know. Greenwood, Fernandez, Sancho, Ronaldo, you know, we all know they have. But from what I've um, read today, it looks like Harry Maguire is going to be out for two, three weeks, which then means that probably Lindelof will come in with Varane. I don't rate Lindelof. I think he's definitely a weak link. I know Luke Shaw's potentially doubtful as well, which then means that Tellez might play. And again, I, I, I haven't seen enough of him. Um I think United have got issues. Um, I don't. They weren't convincing at Southampton. They weren't convincing at Wolves. They weren't particularly convincing at West Ham. Um, they lost in the Champions League to Young Boys. So when you start thinking about all those results they've had, and I, and I said this, um, I've said this previously on the podcast. I don't think Everton should be going there fearing Man United. You know, this isn't a Man United who are absolutely flying. 
Um, I heard on the radio today, you know, they reckon that if United lose tonight, Solskjaer could be in trouble. I, I don't think they will sack him for one minute. Um, but what I think, what the confidence I've got is that United, Everton, sorry, are going to Old Trafford with a better manager in the dugout than Man United, without a shadow of a doubt. And if it comes down to tactics, substitutions, you know, key decisions here and there, I back Benitez every time over Solskjaer. So, no, not a free hit for me. I'd take a point, of course I would. Um, but I think if I think if Everton can frustrate United for half an hour or so, um, I think United fans will get restless. And we've seen at Brighton and Leeds, Everton have got enough on the counter-attack to hurt teams. Ben, what are, what are your thoughts? Do you think Everton have to go to Old Trafford, like Jack said, and keep it tight for 20, half an hour? And, you know, the Old Trafford crowd might get a little bit restless given their current form? First of all, a massive welcome to Jack and Matthew for joining us full-time on the podcast. Really, it's a pleasure to have you both on board. Brilliant speakers, as all Cheers, have basically said on Twitter. Thank you very much. They've been brilliant, mate. So, um, on to the game. Um, I think Jack's hit the nail on the head again. It, it's not a free hit. I do agree with that. We need to try and go there with some sort of game plan to come out of this game with some sort of results. As Jack again quite rightly said, if we went there and you offered me uh, a nil-nil or 1-1, a one-point leave in Old Trafford on Saturday afternoon, I'd be snapping your hand off right now. be a really solid point. Obviously, on the back of some really interesting results um, for Manchester United, like Jack said again, West Ham went there in the Cup, Aston Villa went there in the league, they've lost two. And if we can frustrate them, we know that they're going to get up for it and they're not, they're not going to be happy, the fans are going to get restless. And we need to really exploit the likes of Alex Tellers, um, obviously Luke Shaw, Harry Maguire, if they're not fit, then we need to get at that side, we need to really attack them down that flank and Pretty sure, like the Marvy Gray will be licking his lips going up against the left back who hasn't got much Premier League experience under his belt. And as we've said previously on previous podcasts, I think the way Everton play and the way we're setting up, we are a very good away team. We're very deep lying defensive, but we break like a hundred miles an hour, um, which is something we haven't seen from Everton in an awfully long time. Look, with Charles and Calvert Lewin, still massive doubts. It's really refreshing to see, obviously, with Charles and back in the gym, Calvert Lewin back training outside with the gang. So, with them coming back fit, hopefully sooner rather than later, it's going to be a massive push, especially after the international break for obviously West Ham at home. But it's really important that we don't just go to United and fold like we sometimes do away with the so called big six, as they like to call themselves. So, if we go there with a game plan on tactics, to actually try and frustrate and hurt United on the counter. I think we're more than capable. We've seen Alan and Decore, how brilliant they've been this season. Alan just holding in that sixth position and Decore bombing on. There's going to be gaps. There really will be gaps. But look, let, let's not try and avoid the uh, the elephants in the room here. They just pulled off probably one of the greatest ever footballers coming back to the club in Cristiano Ronaldo. And I'm, I'd, be, I'd be wrong to say that I'm not a bit frightened if Michael Keane or someone like that's starting at the back for us and you got Ronaldo going out and Mason Greenwood potentially, Sancho. They've got a very dangerous squad, Manchester United, and they've got quality all over the pitch, which could hurt us at any given moment, especially I know I was watching the Manchester United, the, um, the Leeds game, the first game of the season, and they look brilliant. They look like, I've, I remember saying, they, they've got a real good chance of winning it this season. Um, I thought Pogba was superb, Bruno was brilliant, Greenwood was really good on the counter getting him behind and I thought these have got a chance here 
but they just haven't kicked on. And I don't know for what reason. I don't know if the players are starting to question all these tactics. I'm not sure. But if we're going to play United at any given time, now's the time to play him for me. We need to go there. And if we can go one nil up, Nick, it will be very, very interesting because we can just sit back and say, come at us. And the likes of your Michael Keane, your Yerry Mina, who are very good at a deep-line centre-half partnership, can try and invite the long ball on and we can win all the aerial duels, pick up and break again at speed and really cause them some issues. So it's difficult. I'm not optimistic, but I feel like there's enough there that we've seen this season that we can cause them some real issues for concern. I'm just hoping that maybe Richarlison might scrape a late fitness test uh, and be in the squad. I know it looks highly doubtful, but someone like that up front over Rondon, who clearly isn't match fit, um, would be a massive, massive bonus. But look, I feel like there's going to be enough. Rondon's going to have to work his absolute socks off to obviously hold up the ball and bring plays into the play because I feel like he's going to be up there on his own for long periods of the game. So it's going to be really interesting, really interesting tactical battle. And I can't wait to watch it live at Old Trafford on Saturday. Lee, a, a couple of injuries to the Everton lineup is expected. But is this a game where we're going to be able to have a good look at this Everton team and see where we're at in comparison to, to the so-called big boys? Yeah, it's probably our biggest test of the season so far. You know, I think a lot of uh, some of the more cynical Evertonians amongst us have said, you know, we've, we've only really beaten teams that we're expected to beat, shall we say. Uh, for me, I think that's a great sign because that's the biggest um, thing that's been hindering Everton for far too long, not winning the matches that we should, you know, an appalling home record. Um, it's been great to see us sweeping these teams aside like we should and coming away with lovely, comfortable victories like we did at the weekend. But listen, like the lads have said there, and also just want to add as well, just like like Ben, massive welcome to Jack. Absolutely brilliant to have you on board, mate. You speak a lot of sense. Um, so welcome. Um, these are a different beast. You know, regardless of the fact that Harry Maguire and Luke Shaw could be struggling for the weekend, the, these have got serious quality and serious options everywhere that you look. Um had we have had Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison fifth for the weekend, then I think Maguire and Shaw being out would have perhaps presented more of an opportunity. But we look very light up front. And I don't think Man United's defence, whoever they put out, are going to be too afraid of Rondon when he's he's clearly this unfit. He's not match ready. If that was evident at Goodison Park at the weekend, it was quite difficult to watch at times. It's not fair on him. You know, He's doing his best, I'm sure. Um, but he's not been brought in to be doing the job that he's doing now. So I think that sort of negates that a little bit. And if you look up front, I mean, the names just roll off the tongue. You've got Sancho, Cavani, Greenwood, Ronaldo, not to mention Martial, Rashford. You know, there's just so many of them. So Everton have got to have an A1 day at the back. And we've got to hope that Michael Keane, you know, doesn't sort of produce some of the blunders that he has done so far this season and he, and he can put in one of his better performances we're capable of doing something because we're a decent side I think counter-attack wise we're more than capable but we were far from favourites had snappy hands off for a point like again like the lads have said and again just law of averages you know they've, they've had a few bad results of late they've just lost their home you know Man United don't lose two on the bounce in the Premier League at home that often so based on that, I'm far from optimistic, but I'm I'm just hoping that Everton can surprise us and Benitez can produce like a one of his famous masterclasses and we can come away with a point at least and keep our good start going. 
Jack, just looking at our previous away games so far this season, we have struggled on the road defensively. And we've only kept one clean sheet, which was, of course, at Brighton when we won 2-0. We've, we then conceded two at Leeds. We conceded one at Huddersfield, three at Aston Villa and two at QPR. So on the road defensively, we we have found it difficult. So what do you think the reason is to that? I mean, at home, our form has been pretty good defensively. We look a lot better at home. But on the road, we, we've become a little bit unstuck defensively. Yeah, defensively away from home has not been good. Um, I think... Set pieces. I know uh, Huddersfield, you know, didn't defend set pieces very well. Uh, I think in, I think individual errors have been a, have been a lot of the issue. Um, I'm trying to think back. I'm thinking back to Villa. You know, Lucas Dean. You know, for the first two, the third one, Ben Godfrey. He's not a natural right back. I, I don't feel like I'm thinking back to the away games, and, and I don't feel like Everton have really been ripped apart by a team. Sort of thing. I think we gifted the goals. Um, Rafina's goal um, against Leeds, that was a really good strike. Um, didn't clear our lines. I think it was Mateus Klipp who got the first. Uh, didn't defend well at QPR. You're absolutely right, Charlie Austin. I, th- I felt, you know, did a bit of a number on Godfrey and Holgate. I think, I think there's some contributing factors. Individual mistakes. Michael Keane hasn't started the season very well. Ben Godfrey is, is not up to speed yet. He's not match fit for me at all. And I think once we get a settled pairing of Mina and Godfrey, I think the back four uh, will look a lot more steady. I think also you've, you've got to remember that in quite a few of those games, Everton have, have sort of played a 4-4-2, you know, with Richarlison supporting Calvert-Lewin. And if you are going to play a little bit more attacking football, um, you've got to accept that you are going to be a little bit more open. You know, we're going with Decore and Allen in midfield, whereas last season they were holding, you know, playing defensive midfield. And it was it was turgid, weren't it? It was rubbish to watch. We, you know, we might draw nil-nil, win one-nil, draw one-one, lose one-nil. I'd much rather be seeing games like at Leeds when 2-2 on another day Everton could have got three or four. We scored two at Brighton, we scored two at QPR, we scored two at Huddersfield, you know, and I know we didn't score at Villa, but no Calvert-Lewin, no Richarlison. So you could flip it and say, actually, away from home, Everton look a real danger for teams and there's goals in this team. Um, so, yeah, I think once once um, Mina and Godfrey are playing and have got a run of games together, I think we'll see a bit more of a settled back line. And obviously, look, not having Seamus Coleman, having to have a centre-back out at right-back, that doesn't help. It just disrupts the shape. Um so yeah, I think I think we might have a few more um, away days where that we're going to be conceding some goals until we can get a settled back four. Ben, with Seamus Coleman 50-50 at the moment, whether he's going to play or not, do you expect us to maybe go with the back five at Old Trafford on Saturday? I know Rafa's occasionally gone to a back five. Can you see Everton doing that again? Oh yeah, I was, literally as Jack was talking then, I was really thinking about Seamus Coleman. Um, I feel like that right-back position, we kind of need him back to the game like today uh, on Saturday because Ben Godfrey is just not a natural right-back. His positional on Saturday against a lesser team, probably, let's no, not beat around the bush here, probably the worst team in the Premier League. He literally looked out of place again. And I know Benitez has come out and said that he's obviously 70% fit, he's had COVID and He's really feeling the effects of long COVID, which is completely understandable. Um, a lot of people are struggling with COVID after having it. 
And they are humans, after all, just incredibly fit athletes. So it's going to take some time for them to get up to speed. So then it let you leave leave with the question of who fills in. Um, look at Mason Holgate. I, I personally don't think Benitez fancies him whatsoever. Don't feel like he trusts him because um, he would be probably my obvious choice at right back. Um, a fully fit Mason Holgate at right back who's played there before, who's not getting in the starting lineup over Ben Godfrey, who's 70% fit. I think, I think that shows me a lot of what Benitez thinks about Mason Holgate. So in answer to your question, I'm really not sure. Um, I wouldn't like to see us go to a back five again because we've seen the issues that obviously Burnley did against us when we were in a back five. We looked at sixes and sevens and that was just a Burnley playing one long ball and they were exposing the channels really, really well. And I feel like we had no threat going forward whatsoever. We were just pinned back for a lot predominantly of that game against Burnley. So... I'd potentially look to stick with the 4-4-1-1 uh, and have Damari Gray as that one just behind Rondon um, and Richarlison if he's fit, but it's looking more likely to be Rondon. And just, it's going to be feeding on scraps and attacking on the counter. Um, and I really feel like the likes of Damari Gray can cause real, real issues. And he can go at Wan-Bissaka, who's obviously really good defensively, um, or attack, obviously, Tellez or Shaw. But then you look at who they're going to bring in for Harry Maguire. Um, you've got Rafael Varane, who I think is arguably one of the best centre-halves in the world. He was brilliant at Real Madrid. Are they going to go with Lindelof? They're going to go with Eric Bailly? You just don't know. They've got so many good players floating about, they can just slot in. But I feel like we can get at that back line, so we cannot sit too deep and just invite pressure on for Man United. I'd rather try and go there and get them at some sort of game plan and get them on the counter and try and nick a goal and then maybe sit in and just play counter-attack and football with the wingers. And obviously the likes of Awobi, I think he got a bit of criticism this week on Twitter. And I, I couldn't see why he, he got so much abuse. Um, obviously against Norwich, he didn't have his best game, but he didn't have his worst game. I thought like he was tactically sound. I just wish he had a bit more confidence about him like he has been doing this season. To just go past players, draw them on and bomb on and just really try and beat a man. So... I'm really looking forward to Saturday, like I said. It's going to be really interesting how we set up. I wouldn't like to see the back five. I'd like to see us go 4-4-1-1, I think. Um, but again, if Seamus Coleman's back, it's going to be massive, I think, for me, especially for the shape, especially for the counter-attack and, if, and going round players. Because Seamus knows when to go um, and when to stop, when to bomb on over the overlap and when to sit in. But as Jack said before, it's... Our midfielders last year were sitting in. Both of them were sat so, so deep and we kind of invited pressure at home and away. And it didn't go in our favour, especially at home. So the fact that Decore can bomb on now, and we've seen, all Everton fans have seen just how much legs he's got in him now because he's literally been, he's so athletic. He's an absolute monster, as I've said numerous times on his podcast. And it'd be good for him to get the free rolls go up and down the pitch. Obviously, to combat the likes of Pogba, Bruno Fernandes and certain other players that they're going to play. So, really interesting myth, like I said. But I'd like to see a back four, I think. I don't want to see us go five at the back and go too defensive, which it could, it could happen. Benitez has done it before way um, bigger sides in the past, but I'd like to see him personally stick with a back four. Lee, taking a step back and looking at the current position Everton find themselves in, we're currently sitting fifth on, on 13 points, level with... Manchester United and then after, after Saturday it's the international break for the Everton players so imagine if Everton could win at Old Trafford or at least get a draw it would really set us up then wouldn't it for the international break and then after that we have two winnable home games not easy but winnable home games against West Ham and Watford Yeah very true Mick I think the, the key 
for us this season, though, is obviously, I know this is a cliche, but our season won't be defined on Saturday's result, I don't think. Nobody expects us really to to go to Man United and and win, you know, with especially with the the players that we've got out the the players that they have, you know, the money that they've spent. You know, we're clear underdogs. But even if we were to get beat on Saturday, you know, should we win the two following home games, which you've mentioned are, are very winnable on paper, then we're still going to be in a very very strong and healthy position. And for me, if we can continue to do that throughout the course of the season, win all those games at home, and I mentioned on a, on, a, on a podcast a few weeks back now, you're probably looking at sort of 15, 16 home games where I'm looking to I'm looking to win those. I think there's only really Chelsea, Man City, Man United um, at home where you're thinking I'd take a point. If we can win the majority of our home games, and Goodison is becoming a fortress again, you know, and with fans back, I think that's a huge asset, then we will pick up enough points away from home. This side are set up really, really well to be a decent away side, like a Jack or Ben, as just said, I can't remember which one. Couldn't agree more with that. I think we're, we're set up so well to counter-attack sides. We've now got pace, we've got width. I think we're not one-dimensional anymore. The the resurgence of Abdullah Decore, he's clearly been told he came out in an interview and confirmed it, you know, to play more of an offensive game this season. He's got the legs, he's got the speed, the range to do that, and he's doing it really well. I wouldn't be surprised if he sort of ends the season with six or seven goals. Alan has been more progressive with his play. You know, we've seen a, a couple of assists from him already, and he's classed as our sort of water carrier, so to speak. So I think we'll always pick up decent points away from home similar to how we started the season so although we're capable of on our day and let's be honest we've got to be at our very very best and Man United have got to have a subpar day for us to win that game let's have it straight if, if Man United turn up and play their best and Everton turn up and play the best Man United will win and that's just a fact because they've got better players than we have and that's fine you know we, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves like I say the season won't be judged or you know, nothing's going to be signed, sealed and delivered based on Saturday's results. So I think the key is for, for us as fans not to get too high or too low. So to trust that we, we're being progressive. We're seeing some really good signs of, you know, a better style of play, more tactically aware, you know, a, a manager who cares and is going into a game with a plan who's capable of changing a game mid-game if it's not going well. These are all really, really positive signs and things for us to be optimistic about. If we get beat on Saturday, and I'm being honest, I fear that we will get beat on Saturday. I'm not optimistic at all. I won't be too down because I'll be really, really confident that this group of players can bounce back and win the next two home games and still be in a really good position. But let's just hope Everton prove me and others wrong and get a result of some sort. It's not beyond the realms of possibility. They are beatable, but it's just unlikely. Jack, Salomon Rondon has come under quite a lot of scrutiny over the last seven to ten days due to probably his fitness, if we're all honest. If, and it's most likely that Dominic Cavaloon is going to miss Saturday, would you start Rondon? Or would you say, you know, mate, we're, we're going to pull him. You know, it's a bit of a, a shot in the dark this game on Saturday. We've got a bit of a free hit, so to speak. It's not the end of the world if we do lose. Would you maybe sit him out this one and, and have a different approach up top with maybe Dilramari Gray or even someone like Ellis Sims? 
Um, I don't think I'd, I'd go with Damari Gray up top. Um, I, I'd like I like Damari Gray out wide because I think he can isolate the fullback, um, and, and we've seen it in a number of games how dangerous he is, and, and especially if Luke Shaw is injured. Um, he can swap with Townsend and have a go at Tellez or Wambasaka, you know, whichever, whichever one of the flanks. So I wouldn't go, I wouldn't go with Damari Gray. Um, Man United are going to have a lot of the ball. They absolutely are. So counter-attack is going to be key, but there are going to be times where the ball is going to get, you know, whacked upfield. And yes, Damari Gray is a great out-ball out, uh, out in terms of chasing defenders and, you know, Getting, getting down the flanks, but sometimes you're going to need someone to hold on to it and look after it. And Rondon, he's, he's probably the best option we've got at the minute. I do feel feel a bit for Rondon because I do think the criticism is a little bit unfair. You know, a Chinese league to the Premier League, you, you can't compare the two. And there was no way he was brought in. And I, I don't think ever Rafa thought he might have to play three, four games running, you know, in a matter of days. Um, no one could have foreseen that Richarlison and Calvert-Lewin would pick up injuries. So Ellis Sims, it's, it's a big ask. It's a it's a big, big ask to throw him in away at Man United. And like I think it was Ben just said, you know, up against Varane, you know, it's... It, I'd feel for him if Everton did that and he didn't get much of the ball. Um, I don't think it's the right place to throw him in. So probably would have to be Rondon, um, but I wouldn't expect a lot from Rondon because I just don't think he's match fit at all at the minute. Ben, just moving away from Saturday's game, the under-23s at Everton are still constantly coming under scrutiny with David Unsworth at the helm. Uh, they lost in the week to Carlisle in the uh, Papa John's Trophy, I believe. I think it was 2-0. Are you someone that's getting increasingly frustrated with the under-23 development and the lack of players coming through? Or, or are you a little bit more relaxed about it? Well, do you know what? On this topic, I, I wasn't lucky enough to be on the podcast when it was yourself, Mick, uh, Lee and Matthew talking about these topics. And I think it was Lee um, who hit the nail on the head for me, who basically said, why do we have this academy spending millions and millions? And it is millions. You were right, Mick. It's millions of pounds a year. And they're just not producing the goods. Like something is seriously going on for the pathway to the first team. And obviously we've opened discussion with Lewis Dobbin um, over a new contract. Ellis Sims are looking at potentially a new contract as well. But these players want to probably, in my eyes, see a pathway to the first team. Because at the moment... I don't know what's going on at a lower level, but they're just not developing. They're not kicking on. They, they, they seem to perform really, really well at under-23 level and then don't make that next move. And I don't know what it is. Now, are they not being blooded with the first team? Um, are they not getting the chance to obviously train with the with the players? Um, it's just a really interesting, again, situation that's going to have to be addressed sooner rather than later because at this moment in time, the academy is failing and David Unsworth is failing as well because he's not doing his job. He's not bringing on these players. And I think it was you, Mick, stated that these games at this level aren't to be aren't to be really taken seriously. They're just 
the, that league is set up in order to obviously develop players, develop tactics, and develop the playing style in which the Everton, the philosophy they want to build up. You look at Manchester City, for example, the few clips going around of them from their uh, the under-18s games. Now, whatever formation Pep Guardiola's picking for that season or what, he's what his, his visions are for the season, that philosophy is embedded within that football club from the top down. So every single age group will probably go in that system, that formation, that way of football, and do it that way, which I think is the best way. If Rafa's got a, a way he wants to play, then set up every age group at that at that level. And you set up the same tactics and you just perform and you learn how the first team are playing. So when we have an injury crisis, say a right back gets injured, we have someone at the under-23 level who's played up the ages, under-18s, under-23s, and he knows what to expect. He knows the tactics. He knows what's expected of him. And he can literally go from, from that level to the, to the up. Obviously, it's going to be a massive ask. It really, really is. But at least he knows what the, is expected of him tactically. And I feel like the under-23s at the moment don't have that pathway to our first team. I don't know why. I don't know if they're just not good enough. I don't see them day-to-day -day enough. I don't watch them day-to-day -day enough. I've watched a few games and you look at the games and you look at yeah, Dobbin and Sims look really good at bagging and scoring all the time and it gets fans excited. But you've got to remember they're playing against players who aren't up to the Premier League standard as well. So something does have to change. So there must be some sort of issue going on somewhere. But I'd like to see them getting more game time. And I also feel like other clubs, especially ones around us, sometimes don't take the Carabao Cup as serious as we do because we know how desperate we are for a cup. So we play predominantly our strongest 11. And as a fan, that's what I want to see. But other clubs are using that cup and that competition to obviously blood these youngsters into their first team and give them a chance to play with it within that club. And it's bringing them on leaps and leaps and bounds. So we're at the crossroads now with the under-23s in the academy, which we do need to see more. I think the last one to come through, Tom Davis and John Joe Kenny, and they haven't set the world alight, have they? We've had this discussion. They, they're Evertonians. They, they get stuck in, but they haven't set the world alight. And before that, Ross Barkley was another one. And again, he's kind of come to like a, a path, his path at the moment currently blocked. So something does need to change, Mick. Am I frustrated by it? I am. I'd like to see more youth coming through. And but you just you know you're not getting these names. I remember growing up, people like this lad, Wayne Rooney in the Academy, he is he is top level. And then people are saying the same, Ross Barkley, top level. I know he got a leg, he got a really bad leg injury, I think, before he got came into the first team and they went, No, he, even so he's gonna be a proper, really good footballer. But you don't hear any of that anymore. Um, so I really want to see something. Is that is it our scouting network? Is it the actual coaching at that level? Something needs to change, Mick, and it needs to change sooner rather than later, in my eyes. Lee, without going into too much, I know we have spoken about it previously, but I just want to just get your opinion on this. I read an article uh, a few days ago, and it, and it basically questioned Everton, and it said Everton need to look at themselves because they feel that they're letting the players down, i.e. the likes of Tom Davis, for argument's sake, and, and John Joe Kenny. They haven't kicked on because of Everton's failure within the club to develop these players. Do you, do you think that's a fair assessment? Um, I, I, I don't know. That that is a hard question. Um, I can see both sides. For me, I think the very best players. If you go back in history and look at football, I think the very best players will stand out, no matter what's around them and no matter what the circumstances. And I use Steven Gerrard as an example. 
And I don't like doing this because it's our neighbours and, you know, obviously they're not our favourite football club in the world. But you go back to 2010, 11, and look at that team that Steven Gerrard was playing in. You know, Paul Konchesky, Kiriagos, you know, um, they had had a terrible side. I can't remember the the long-haired fella, Paul Poulsen, whatever, under Hodgson. It, It was arguably the worst Liverpool side of my lifetime. However, Steven Gerrard still looked like a world-class player that he controlled what he could control and that was his own individual performance. So I think if, if you're that good and you've got it and you're a top-level player, you're always going to look good no matter who's around you. But to an extent. However, what I will concede is that it's not been helpful. So, so the landscape and the environment at, at Everton in the last five or six years as not being conducive to the development of any young player. Um, you know, there's been changes in management. The managers that have been here have had little or no clue what they're doing in the main. They've been let down by poor players coming in and being given opportunities when perhaps they shouldn't have. Um, but I think if, if you look at Davis and Kenny as an example, especially Davis, he's had more opportunities than John Joe Kenny has. He's made 150 appearances in the Premier League and I think if we're being kind, there's probably 10 to 15 of them where he's been okay or better. Um, for the vast majority of them, he's 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 not been very good um, and I'm not scared to say that and I'll continue to say that because it's my opinion. Um, you know, Regardless of the, the backlash on social media, we'll come, we'll, we come on here to give our truthful and honest opinion without it without an agenda he's not he's not good he's not good enough John Joe Kenny isn't good enough um, there's a reason why the last few managers have sort of put him up for transfer he's gone out on loan I think he's only probably here um, because we failed to land our targets at right back um, and we've all watched them week in week out and he's, he's not up to the level required in the Premier League so he probably would have had a a little bit more progression had Everton had more of a stable um, surrounding for them in the last five or six years. But I don't, I wouldn't go as far to say the pair of them would be world beaters and they'd be, they'd be top four clubs knocking at our door looking to buy them off us because I just don't think they've got the natural ability for that. So it was a difficult question to answer, but that's probably the, the take for me. Mm-hmm. Jack, where, I know we haven't had your opinion on this one, Jack, but where, where do you sit with this regarding Everton's development of players once they hit, you know, 15, 16 and onwards? Do you think Everton are failing as a club for these young players coming through? It is a hot discussion at the moment on on all forms of social media, really. And with Everton's under-23s kind of stuttering, then the players coming through are not really hitting any sort of heights or making Everton any money, so to speak, to, to reinvest. Do you think it's a failure on the club or do you think it's... You know, it's just one of those things you have to just wait a couple of years and then the next crop come through. It's just, it happens in phases. What What are your thoughts on it? Um, I, I completely agree with Lee. I think the um, disruption with the first team in terms of managers and coaches um, just hasn't helped at all. It, it just hasn't. And I think it was Ben was talking about Guardiola and he has obviously a philosophy, a vision, and it goes from the first team all the way down to the young age groups. Um, you think over the last five, six years, the amount of managers Everton have had 
and their philosophies are completely different. You know, I, I don't want to bash anyone, but, you know, Ancelotti struck me as the type of manager who focused on the first team, okay? Um, did he get have, have much input at, you know, the younger age groups and the under-23s? Was he trying to get his philosophy onto that, into those age groups? I don't think he was. So, you know, couldn't agree more with what Lee said, really. Um, it was an interesting point that you said about, just then about um, raising funds. Now, you know, youth academies and at youth level, your two main jobs for Unsworth is, first of all, is to provide players that can get into the first team, push the current players, and then hopefully um, have a good career with Everton. If you can't do that, you've got to produce players that can be sold on for a fee um, and then can be then reinvested. And I know, you know, Man City and Chelsea in particular do, you know, they get criticised for the way they run some of their um, academies and the amount of, you know, young footballers they sort of sign up, then put out on loan. But if you look at their accounts, you would be shocked at the amount of players that, I'll I'll be honest, some of them I've not heard of, and, and I'm sure maybe some of the lads on here probably have, but some of our listeners might not have done but the amount of money that they get for some of these players, I'm talking five, six, seven million pounds, and that they sort of go under the radar. And that's when Guardiola comes back in press conferences and says, oh, well, for Jack Grealish, we've only actually spent 40 million. And you think, hang on a minute. And it's because they've sold so much young talent that they've nurtured, probably have realised not good enough for the first team and the squad, let's move them on and pocket some funds. So... Unsworth, I think Everton, yeah, it has been a bit of a failure. Um, look, I think it it could just be a bit of a, a you know a bit of a lean spell. You know, a bit of a, the cohorts of the young lads coming through might not be as strong. Um, but there's other clubs that are bringing through youngsters, um, and 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 they seem to be getting it right. But I'll, I'll go back to Lee's point. I just think the disruption in management, you know. I feel for Unsworth in that respect, but um, it doesn't stop him from trying to produce players ready for the first team. And that's what Everton have got to do. With the finances as tight as they are, you've got to turn to your youth and your academy. Um, And at the minute, there is just nobody coming through. And like the lads have said, Tom Davis and John Joe Kenny, you know, I agree with Lee, you know, people can, can bash any of us on social media. You know, Lee's just given an opinion. And I'll, I'll back Lee, you know, Tom Davis, Evertonian, don't know him. He might be a lovely lad, but he isn't good enough to play for Everton. He just isn't. You know, if you look at 10, 12, 15 Premier League clubs, he, he wouldn't make their team. So he shouldn't be making Everton's team. And, and you know, that that's the sort of player we probably need to be moving on. Um, so, yeah, not, not producing enough talent at the minute. But, but you've just got to hope that there's, there'll be some names, Dobbin, for example, that will come through, will get a bit of exposure in the first team and can forge a successful career at Everton. OK, guys, it's that time again. It is prediction time. Everton travel to Old Trafford, a 12.30 kickoff on Saturday to face Manchester United. Ben, I'll come to you first. What is your prediction? 
I feel a bit like Mark Lawrence saying Liverpool aren't going to lose, but uh, I'm going to go for, for Manchester United 2-0 win. Um, I just feel like they're just too good in depth for us with all injuries we've got. I just can't see anything else. Other, I'd love to have a point. I'd take a point now, but I just can't see anything other than a United win as it stands. So United 2, Everton 0, unfortunately. Not optimistic, Blues. Lee, what's your prediction? Oh, Mick. You, you've got to mention that I got my second prediction on the run, correct? The I, 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 I remember my second win. I remember that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, listen, I hope I'm not going to get three on the spin right. That's all I'll say. I, I can't see anything, but I'm like Ben. A United win on Saturday. I think we'll get beat 3-1. So I hope I don't get my third one on the spin right. 3-1. And Jack, what's your prediction? Uh, well, I'll put a little bit of positivity on it. I'll go 1-1. One, one. I think Everton will will take the lead. United will, you know, bombard us. We'll get an equaliser and then we'll hang on um, and scrape a point. Okay, and I'm going to go 2-1 Man United. I think it'll be quite close. But I think United will just pip us. Okay, guys, that's all we've got time for. Thanks for Ben, Jack and Lee for joining us as always. We will be back Sunday with all the fallout, all the talk and all the post-match reaction from Old Trafford again, which is a 12.30 kickoff on Saturday. And then it's the international break where we've got a few special episodes coming up. In the meantime, enjoy your week. Stay safe, take care. And let's hope Everton get a positive result on Saturday. All the very best. Thank you. <laughs>